recording? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're recording. Well, now. we are in episode number seven. The world is on fire, and we are learning about Bruce Dern live for your <laughs> entertainment. Well, Bruce Dern, well, what do you want to say about him? Um, so the reason we're talking about Bruce Dern, first and foremost, is because he sired Laura Dern. Yes. He squirted Laura Dern into a woman, who we will discuss on a later special, and then she took that useless cum and made it into a beautiful woman who we respect and love. Why are you laughing? That's, that's the <laughs> process of child rearing. So, he's an actor. He sure is. And he was in some westerns. He was in, um, what, he got his Broadway debut? No, his, his, his acting debut? Yes, his acting debut. He went to, um, the University of Pennsylvania. It doesn't say for what, but I'm assuming probably acting. Probably theater. Um, and he starred on the stage premiere of Waiting for Godard. Waiting for Godot. Godot before heading to Hollywood. Which Nick hasn't seen. Or read. Sweet boy. I've waited. I knew I wasn't ready, but I'm getting there. And I will. I will. I'll do it. Oh, now you can't. Now, now you've got to not. I can't? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that, oh, would, okay. that would, like, fully honor the performance is if you, in fact, never did see it. I never will. I, I will die on this hill. Good. That, I feel, does it right. You're taking one for the team there. Listeners at home, you've known it. You've seen it. I believe my dad was in a, a college production of Waiting for Goodell. Are you telling me that your dad is Bruce Dern? <laughs> Am I oh. Laura Dern? Oh my god! It all makes sense now! This whole time, you duped me! You played me like a damn fiddle, Max. Me. Or should I say, Laura, Laura Dern. Dern. <laughs> uh, let me just grip it and rip it. Oh, there we go. Now we're doing it. Alrighty. So, so Bruce Dern, he was a guy Nick and I admittedly don't know very much about. Him. Yeah, we were going to research for this, but then we totally didn't. So we're yeah. kind of just doing it on the fly. And again, Nick did say up top, um, the world is on fire. And I want to clarify that that was a metaphor for what is very similar to that actually happening. And we're in a global pandemic. Yeah. You know this, listeners. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Go on. So with that said, it's been an interesting week. So we didn't. I forgot to do the Bruce Dern shit. No, I also did. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna call this week a relaxed fit episode, to, uh, borrow that term from last podcast, family. And I want to stress, again, that this isn't because it's not Bruce Dern's fault. I don't want him to think that we, because it was Bruce Dern, that we didn't do this. Like, if we were, if it was some other, like, multi-decades character actor ranging from like westerns and comedies um dramas he, the stage the silver screen he does have 60 years of acting screen, under his little belt. screen his first credit is the 1960 film wild river wild river he but was like and i will say and i don't i don't want to trash talk for Stern, but like if it was steve mcqueen we both would have done it you know oh yeah 
No, I actually am considering for my birthday pick the film The Great Escape. Because that was like the first, one of the first like classic films I was introduced to as like a later high school student, and I really fell in love with it. And obviously Steve McQueen is a large presence in that. Also, a um, few other big important names. Um, uh, the, the ones? Don't you do this to me. I'm going to say them. Um, the doctor... The listeners doc- are on the edge of their seat. They really are. I, all of our listeners are on the edge Dr. of their seat. Dr. No, stop. Um, Dr. Loomis from Halloween, that actor, is in it. Sure. He has a name. Um, also the guy from that revenge murder movie that they made like 12 of. Jason. No, no, no. Older. Um, oh, not older, but like, um, ah, just one second. <laughs> Charles Barkley. No. Charles Manson. Stop no. that. No, that felt like a good. <laughs> yes. Murder. Charles Manson was in the great escape. I don't know where. How I could you forget? Relating it to another thing. Listeners, was that a bad guess? It was incredible. Wait, we're getting the, the live poll now. There's a new feature. That's oh, also coming in. They say, no, that was not a bad guess. Charles Bronson Thank was who listeners. I was thinking of. Also, Donald Pleasance, who plays a important figure in the Halloween films. Also, Richard Attenborough is in this for some reason. Um, and admission to our listeners, I know who none of these people um, are. You may recognize him as the old man from Jurassic Park. I don't because I don't remember Jurassic Park. We're gonna have Good thing that's gonna to yeah that's it. gonna be a yeah. special because that movie deserves hours of content. <laughs> that movie deserves our Bruce Stern episode. But anyway, Steve McQueen episode coming up <laughs> in a few months. Sorry again, Bruce. It's fine. Um, but yeah, he was so like, I've seen I know I've seen Coming Home, which I referenced in the last episode because it has a great. Um, uh, handicapped person sex scene steamy one you one. did it's mention not that Bruce Dern. he's also in that movie i'm just reading about bruce Dern. i'm sorry what do you, you got can... well nick you gotta you gotta read aloud for i'm just i'm looking through his film credits he's been in a lot of stuff he did uh quite a few um recent um what's his face films Yes, talkies, you jackass. No, he's been been around a Quentin Tarantino films. He's been in the last three. He's been a Django, Hateful Eight, and most recently, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Still haven't seen it. Would like to. Oh, can I spoil it? No. Can I just rant about it? No, you can rant, but don't spoil it, because I want to see it, and it's really new still. It's not that new. It's been like a year. It hasn't been a year, actually. It's been ten months. It was released May 21st. No. Ten months! No, no, no. Ten months! July 26th in oh, the United States. That was one day off in ten months. We're gonna go with May 21st. No, that was... I don't know where was, you've been. May 21st was, I the, know where you was the candy premiere. We're talking candy. about... Oh, our listeners are gonna have fun oh, with that one. God. The tweets are pouring Doug in my candy. own grave. No, July 26th is when it debuted in the States. Calm, I believe. Can? Calm. Calm. One of the Calm Awards. Yeah. You know, Shrek... Debuted at Khan. <laughs> did it? It did, yeah. Oh. It's one of the. Did it I win think. A palm duel? It did not, but I think it. It might have been the first. No, it wasn't. The little toaster was also at Can, and they. Brave little toaster. They almost gave it the head award, but they thought they would lose their credibility if they gave the award to an animated film. 
Oh, wow. Like, it was the one that was going to win. They would have been so ahead of their time. That would have been because so Because they probably would have lost their credibility. No, yeah. And then now they'd have more credibility. Also, the first episode of Curse the Cowardly Dog won an Oscar. Huh. Yeah. Short film? Yes, they debuted it. They sent it in as... It was either a short film or an animated short. But they won the Oscar that year. So it was Curse the Cowardly Dogs, an award, an Oscar award-winning cartoon. Can I ask you my favorite trivia question? <sighs> Why not? You're going to anyway. <laughs> you <laughs> don't t- act like you don't love it, Nicola. <laughs> I do, but I can't admit that to the listeners. Um, but no, this is a seriously good one, and I bet you can get it. And I think you'll be like, that is a cool fucking question. Okay, shoot your shot. Who has the record for most consecutive... Stop. I was about to answer it, but I realized with the word consecutive, it is definitely not the thing I was going to guess. So continue. Maybe uh, maybe Nick ought to hold his horses. One moment. <laughs> Who has the record for the most consecutive Academy Award nominations with, let's say, 22 or 23... From like nineteen forty one to nineteen sixty three or some shit like that. I was about to say I think we've talked about this, but I know we haven't. It's Walt Disney. It is Walt Disney. Because Disney Company be, be cranking out that content, all of it. You know, it's fun. Listeners got that wrong. Probably they fucked that up. No, what do you think they, they guessed? It like they. Alfred Hitchcock. No, that's like, about, that was going to be the brain, thing, yeah. And it's like a, a completely wrong answer, but they, that's where they would have went in that short period of time. Laura Dern, her father, Bruce Dern, and her mother, Diane Ladd, Diane Ladd have adjoining stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, I love they that. They were all put in November 1st, 2010. They got them together. Yeah, that's really nice. I love that a lot. Good for them. They deserve it. Way to go, you guys. There are at least a couple things where Diane Ladd plays Laura Dern's mom. That is true. Have we watched one yet? Uh, Siege of Ruby Ridge. That's it. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, my favorite thing like that is um, in Halloween... H2O. H2O. Really? I think I so. That's the one where... um. What's her name again? I'm sorry. Uh, I just know that movies exist. I've never seen any of these. Thank you. You're really helpful. <laughs> it's true. I'm not gonna... Halloween um, H2 is above my pay grade, man. Oh, one second. I feel bad Jamie searching. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Really? Yes. Nick. I'm sorry. It's been a very long and trying week it's for me. It's true, yeah. Um, she plays a, like a headmistress of a boarding school. Or like a private school. And... Yeah. Her, like, her secretary is played by her actual real-life mother, Janet Lee, oh, who wow. was the woman murdered in the film Psycho. Psycho. And in H2O, she actually, she leaves. She drives away in the car she was driving in Psycho. Like, the oh, same year and model. That and that's a neat little thing. Like, I think H2O is, is a very good Halloween film, considering it's, like, the 20th, 20 years after the original, and it's, like, six or seven movies removed from the original. Okay. I think it's very good. Um, it's one of the last ones with um, um, Donald Pleasance, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Maybe not. I'm pretty sure he's in it, though, because Paul Rudd is also in this. 
In a Hollywood H two O. Yeah. Oh, I don't. And they like talk, and it's weird because it's uh-huh. like. It's Paul Rudd. It's, Paul Rudd. it's Paul very. Rudd. It's like t- it's like right t- one. Yeah, it's like twenty year old Paul Rudd and Donald Pleasance talking about stuff, and it's crazy. There was so much Paul Rudd. God, he's a good man. I've heard he's, only good things about him. That's nice. I'm glad to hear it. Like I genuinely do not think his star will ever fall. <laughs> Famous last words. That's tomorrow. It's gonna break. Nope. Paul Rudd murders child. <laughs> In live stream. <laughs> no. So, uh, anything else you want to say about... I, I want to say, well, Hollywood H2O, the way you seem somewhat fond of that movie, I wonder if you've seen... Every the... Halloween film, yes. Yeah. In order, correct. The Rage Carry 2 from, I don't know, probably around that time. Hollywood H2O time. Carry 2? Yes. I didn't... Oh my god. What's that putting up on Rotten Tomatoes? Because I have Ooh. very fond memories of that movie. I... It sounds like trash, but I loved it, and I wonder if it holds up. Okay, I... I might pick it for my movie. I would be totally into that. I have not seen this, but it looks great. It has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sounds about right. I think I'm still going to be on that 20. I have a feeling I'm going to like that Oh man, okay. I'm. If you choose this, I'd be really into that. This looks... Cool. I've never seen this. It looks really Remind cool. Remind me, because I'll forget. Wow. I will... Try to do that. Man. Good for you. Anyway, anything else you want to say about Bruce Dern before we never talk about him again ever? No. Oh, he's, he's just done? He's done now? He's, he's dead? Dern. He was married three times? That's kind of weird. And yeah, who fucking cares? He was only married to Diane Ladd for nine years. That's crazy, I didn't know that. For nine best years of his life, god damn it. He married her from 1960 to 1969, and then he's been married to um, Andrea Beckett since 1969. I don't know who that... I don't know either, but he's been married to her for... 60 to 69, so they were like a party couple. I bet Dern had kind of a fucked up childhood. And then he was married to a woman only credited as Marie Dern... I imagine her name was different before they got married, <laughs> but from 1957 to 1959. Yeah, the Ranch of Jerns. So he blew through two marriages real quick, and then the last one he spent like 50 he years on. the landing. Way to go, Bruce. You know, sometimes you gotta run through two. That sounds sweet, yeah. You gotta shake the, shake the cobwebs out. Alrighty, well. Bye, Bruce Stern. Bye, Bruce Stern. So, uh, what did we do this week instead of our normal, normal thing? We watched two episodes. Two episodes? Two episodes. Of a show? Yeah, together. A serialized this narrative? This is the most time we've ever spent with each other. Honestly. It's, it's weird. getting close. It's getting there. Um, we, uh, we watched two episodes of King of the Hill. Cough, yes. <laughs> From, I beg your pardon? T- uh, K-O-T-H, King of the Hill. <laughs> So it's a, it course. is a common abbreviation. No, no, no. I, I want... Could you clarify on this? I'm... I'm gonna say... Okay, definitely uppercase K. Capital K, little O, little T, cap, big H? Usu- what, what are the forums? Usually there? when it's typed out, it's just all caps. All caps. And cough. Pe- cough, yeah. It's, I don't think people say it, but I like to say it because it's dumb. What's dumb about it, Nick? I don't know. Just saying cough out loud 
referring to King of the Hill seems a little silly. It's perfectly arbitrary word. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's what the people want. So we watched the two episodes of King of the Hill that Laura Dern was a partial presence on. Partial, yeah. In one, a little more than the other, but you know. It's true. It's almost like we together got our own miniaturized little big Dern and little Dern. You know, I think the real Dern was the king of the hill we made along the way. I'll never forgive myself for that, but... Neither will I. Good. So we watched two eps. It started with season six, episode eight, Joust Like a Woman. Ooh, Joust Like a Woman. Of course, a play on what I would say is probably goes on my mixtape of most beautiful songs ever, Lifetime, and that'd be Just Like a Woman. Mm, just by like Mr. Woman. Bob Dylan. A Mr. Robert Senor. Dylan. Senor Bob Dylan. Live and in concert. Sorry. It's a great song. I, I'm stalling a little because Nick's uh, I'm tap, 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 tap. Sorry. He's getting our next picks ready. I am. I just remember. Buggy before the horse. I just remember that I forgot to do As this before say. we started. Nick, you know you can ask me to pause. Well, we can resolve we're this doing this live. We <laughs> do this live. We don't mess around like other podcasts. Alrighty, so I'm based- getting word now that um, the city of Philadelphia has just issued a stay in place quarantine. Oh, good. Uh, so we're going to be in this room. <laughs> it says literally here, I'm reading the or- orders from uh, the mayor. Great. Stay in the room, continue, continue consuming slash creating the media you are making. I don't know if you're joking days or not. At a time. Nick, we're in it for the long haul. This is I guess I hour two of the first inaugural 72 straight hour during after reading. This one's for charity. We got a lot of special guests. Uh, oh, man. Charo's going to be here. What? Oh, that's crazy. Is Paul Rudd coming this year? <laughs> Paul Rudd comes every year, Nicholas. Once a year, like clockwork. <laughs> August 23rd. I feel like if we did have... Can we get... Oh, man, let's get a coronavirus telethon. So, Wait, that's what we need to bring us back together to fight this. Pe- it's like a PBS-style telethon. Are, are you implying that this disease has broken us apart as a society? Merely that this disease is signaling us the opportunity to get back together, Nicholas. And we I shouldn't think, get together. That's the whole point. No, no, no. It's a metaphor. No. It's like you don't, so you do. You know I don't understand metaphors. Love the one you're with. Love the one you're with. Do, 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 Love do, the do, one do. you're with. Quarantine. Quarantine. Oh, that's good. Ooh, we need to write an album. Come on, get the pen and paper. I don't want to lose this momentum. Oh, wow. One more hour into this podcast. Oh, sweet Christ. Okay, so... Uh, so you also watched two episodes. Of I did. I was with you that whole time, remember? I, I do. <laughs> Alrighty, Joust Like a Woman, it debuted just a few months after... 9-11. Wait a minute, 9-11 was 2001. Yeah, this was February 2002. We're in, in the half yeah. year. Well, okay. It was a long time, mm. there was some serious fallout there. Okay, I think I was confusing February with November, and that's why I got mm. confused. I was like, this is like over a year later, but you're right. We're in the fallout, we're near the Super Bowl, first Super Bowl since 9-11, big year. 
Who played the halftime show that year? I wonder aloud. Anyway, I enjoyed I... King of the Hill as a show. Thanks, Max. <laughs> Great work. You're Judge. really pulling the weight here. <laughs> Jesus. Mike Judge, for me, it started with Beavis and Butthead. And that was cool. It was um, from my little town when I was in Ohio. And my friend's older brother, me and her would stay up late and it was like doing a cool older kid thing, like watching Beavis and Butthead. February 3rd, 2002, location, Louisiana Superdome. Theme, tribute to those killed in September 11 attacks. Performer, none other than U2. Oh, what? Yep, U2 played that year. And their set list was Beautiful Day, Great Start, MLK, no idea what that song is. Well, it's probably, um, it's called MLK? It's that's, not Pride? It says, M- so about MLK. it says MLK, and then the last mm-hmm. one is Where the Streets Have No Name. I bet it's Pride. I thought it was... Probably. I really don't care that much. I just Those needed are, to know. Whoa, Nick, and that's a problem. MLK is a song by the Irish rock band U2, and is the 10th track on their, f- the 10th? And final track on their 1984 album, The Unforgettable Fire. The Unforgettable Fire, yes. Do you... <laughs> Don't say yes like you were <laughs> you were banking on that the whole time. <laughs> That's what I said. Yes! yes. Okay. What's that song off that YouTube album? Oh, man. Anyway. YouTube used to be good, though. Yeah, not, a, lot of things used, a lot of things used to be good. Garabusi used to be good. Look at him now. Well, he was in a, a car accident? Fell off a horse? Was he? No, that's Christopher Yeah, that, yeah. And he's dead now. Huh? How do you feel? Do you feel bad? You should. You're a bad man. I don't. He's in a wheelchair. He's not, no, was he's he buried not. in the wheelchair, you think? Almost certainly not. <laughs> Almost <laughs> certainly not. You don't know. You're right. But I would wager in such a situation. Yeah, no. Yeah, Christopher you're, Reeve you're, is not buried in this wheelchair. Um, but much like Christopher Reeve, Gary Busey had an accident. He hit his head. So go easy on the guy. He was Buddy Holly. I don't think he was in an accident. That is I what, think right he's... after Buddy Holly. <sighs> judges. Gary. Hang with us, listeners. Who are you on text now? Accident. <laughs> call now. Call our phone. The phones are ringing up. Yep. Oh, he was in a motorcycle accident. Boom. And, he, and he was not wearing a helmet. Wear a helmet, kids. Ooh, and doc- also ben the doctors helmet. feared he had severe permanent brain damage. Yeah, you think he just is like that? Look at the guy. Yeah, I kind of just thought he was no, like that. That's... Oh, well. You know. If you were born with that, he'd be a serial killer. He probably is. Oh, Gary's a sweetheart. Oh, he also had a life-changing cocaine overdose. Happened <laughs> to we all. <laughs> well, you know, when uh, 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 when it rains, say, it pours. There's nothing sadder than the cocaine overdose that isn't a life-changing cocaine overdose. Sometimes it's just a normal <laughs> just Thursday. A regular one. Oh, man. Guys, if you're gonna have a cocaine overdose, try to make it a life-changing Yeah, go big or go home. (laughs) That's all I'm gonna say about that. Wow. Okay, so, uh, Joust Like a Woman. It debuted just a few short days after this Super Bowl. A few, two weeks, two, three weeks? 9-11 Bowl. 9-11 Bowl. You too. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I, I could not do that. I'm really sorry. He's quick, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. 2002 Super I'm Bowl. I'm sorry, were you on Vaudeville? Shut up, man. That's the nicest thing you can say to anyone. Oh, no. It was... The winner was the New England Patriots. The coin toss was done by George H.W. Bush. Aw, who, as we've um, learned on a previous episode, was in the CIA. Is the decades. satanic leader of the universe. Yeah. Super Bowl XXXVI. God. That's 36. Get over yourself. And it was the St. Louis Rams. They lost. 17 to 20. Very. Now, when you said just there, you said, get over yourself. Were you talking to... The Roman numerals? I was. Themselves? That's way too many. That's, that is more than you could fit on a knuckle tattoo. That is way too many Roman numerals. You'd have to overflow to your other hand. You would. Or you'd have to get double on one and that'd be silly. But, I mean, it's just how the Romans number is. Well, they're wrong. Well, I, There's I a mean, reason Rome fell, you know. The plague. Yeah. E2 Brute? E2? 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 Mama también? Si. You too. Claro que si. Si, si. We should stop this. We really should stop this weird, this weird sketch. I used to hablo a little Espanol. Me too. I spent some time near the border. Really? Which one? I'm sorry. The incredulous the, look. The, on his absolutely face. aghast. The U.S. Mexico border. Nick, you dullard. In that one moment, you can see in his eyes just a, just a deep, deep shame. Just for a moment. Just a how the fuck did I end up in this situation? Ugh. No, I spent... <laughs> Where did I make the wrong life choices? I just spent... a hint in that trash. I spent a week you know, on there. the border um, learning from people that help harbor illegal aliens. What? One more time. You heard me. I spent, I I spent a week on the U.S.-Mexico border in the town of El Paso, Texas, and I got to meet with a bunch of people that help harbor illegal aliens, um, get them lawful passage, <laughs> give them, um, what's the word, asylum... And also we met with, like, different groups. We also met with a um, border patrolman for the U.S. Boo. Yeah, no, he was bad. We don't like him. You can tell, you can tell, I think it's, like, a three-year detail where you become, like, the P, one of the PR people and you'll, like, meet with groups and do, like, interviews. You could tell he was very used to it but so worn down because he knew all of our questions were just going to be, like, bang, 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 yeah, we hate we're, you. We're like, coming at you, yeah. That and, doesn't seem productive. And there was, like, one person that just kept asking questions, and he was like, is anybody else? <laughs> Would anybody else like to ask a question? And we were like, nah, she's got it. <laughs> we were all pretty much like, yeah, it's, she's good. Get her question. <laughs> just firing at him. But yeah. That's pretty rad. It was real neat. We met with some cool people, cool. some folks that are still doing things down there for the better. Did you, as they say, fall in love with a Mexican girl? As they say. <laughs> um, No. <laughs> Uh, the only, no, the only people I meant of Mexican descent were children or women in their 40s, neither of which are really my cup of tea, so, yeah. It's no. too bad. Made some good, made some acquaintances. I, 
I um I became friendly with the older Mexican women that were helping us cook for the church. We were staying at a church for this, and I spoke very little Spanish. They spoke no English, so most of our communication was just through hand gestures. But we did good. I washed dishes. Oh, two years ago. Cool. I was twenty. 21? Let's say 20. But yeah, good times. Thanks, Temple University, for getting me there. Woo! Yeehaw. Go Owls! Anyway, speaking of El Paso, Texas, Arlen, Texas. Um, joust like a woman. This is an episode about sexual equality. By sexual, I mean man versus woman. Or the popular board game Battle of the Sexes. But also... But also, unionize your local renaissance fair. That is the message of this episode. This is intersectionality to a T. It's got it all. Feminism, workers' rights. Alan Rickman, Laura Dern. (laughs) The renaissance. The whole thing. Propane. Propane and propane accessories. I loved hearing Alan Rickman do a Texas accent because it was actually not bad. But it was a Texas British. Oh, but but like yeah. at the very end when he realizes he's being sued for failing to <laughs> provide workers' rights, he just he slowly falls out of his actual voice, Alan Rickman's voice, and just falls into like a Texas man. And it's really good. I like it a lot. But yeah. What talent. What such R.I.P., right? Yeah. Rip, yeah, unfortunately. Of all the people that had to die, why him? He seemed like a really nice guy. What, I've heard... Nice guys die too today. I guess. Hey. You never know. You know, you're right. John Denver's dead. Nice guys die too. John Denver was a good guy. That was last album. Have I talked about John Denver on this show? Not yet, but you're about to. Oh, I'm about to. Yes! Let's go! I'd say maybe seven or eight years ago, so I'm like early teens, I fell in love with John Denver. I found his music. I loved it a lot. I started listening to live albums. I listened to John Denver the way Deadheads listens to The Grateful Dead. Like, I can listen to a live album and I know all of his banter with the audience to a point that I can say it with him in time. Love John Denver. And after, like, a good month or two of this, I was like, fuck it, man. I want to see John Denver live. And I looked up his tour dates and uh, Ticketmaster had him listed, but there wasn't anything coming up. And then I looked a little deeper and found out John Denver died about three months after I was born, and nobody decided to tell me. I went to my parents in a fury, in a rage, an absolute, I, I, was, I broke windows, I was throwing turkeys, I was saying, why didn't you tell me John Denver was dead? And they said, well, we didn't think of it. Did you, did that, is that part real that you had a traumatic no, revelation I mean, that John Denver had, I wouldn't say traumatic. I wouldn't say traumatic, but I definitely like stormed t- into the living room wow. where my parents were and said, why did you tell me John Denver died? And they were like, meh. Where, um, what do you recommend? I wanna, um, def- I wanna unironically listen to more John Denver. No, I would definitely say um, John Denver Live at the Sydney Opera House is probably his best live album for sure. Jot that down, listeners. That's a very good We're John Denver live it. album. There's also a... Oh, I'm sorry. We're just getting John no, Denver. I'm going to give the listeners a chance to really get it. Yeah. You know, like, I was listening to the last podcast, and they were playing some cool shit, and Marcus was talking about it, and I was like, put a pin in that. Remember that name. That's going to be something you want to go back to. That music that Serial Killer was into was pretty cool. Um, 
And then, like, I, I don't remember when it was or what was said. You can't find it. So, let's give the listener a chance to write John Denver live at the Sydney Opera House. Yes, that is definitely one of the better ones. Um, also, there's a very good touring group that does John Denver cover. And I heard, I they might just be called, like, the Den- John Denver experience, but the guy is very good. He, like, knew John Denver when he was alive. He know he's, like, met his entire family. And he does a lot of the live things that are on the albums, like, but he does them himself. And, like, I was listening and I was like, oh, that's from, like, that's from the Opera House album. Oh. And then my family was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm a fan. Wow. Got real now. But no, yeah, this is... John Denver's a great guy. We're... <laughs> he invented granola and nobody gives him credit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, he wait, knew the Muppets, on. too. Nick is thrown out a very bold claim. John Denver invented granola, and he was friends with the Muppets. The Muppets, I'm, we, of course. I'll die right? on that, That though. makes perfect... Now, you said, and you said it with supreme confidence more than once, that John Denver invented granola. Yes, he what did. What do you got? What's going on? I'm Googling this. He... Listeners, do any is some of you are screaming now at at your your headset, going, yeah, he did. Everyone he, knows this. He invested. Wait. That says General Mills. Wait a minute. We're I, now realizing. No, 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 when no, no, no. Said, Don't you dare. <laughs> when Nick believed he had a young childhood obsession with John Denver, he was mistaking it for the popular cereal company General Mills. I am watching oh, no. to the realization oh, no. that John Denver and General Mills and even worse, are two different things. John Denver companies linked to Bertie Madoff. Oh my god, oh. my whole childhood was a lie. John Denver was a bad man. Invented. He invented granola. There's a meme about it. It has to be real. Nick, just give up now. He was in a post-Raisin Brand commercial. Nick, this is getting sad. Our listeners are uncomfortable for oh, you. Oh, no. Nick, General Mills is not John Denver. Uh, in all fairness, <laughs> a, man, a, man, a man from Denver what did invent. <laughs> Granola was invented by a man from Denver. Man, I'm gonna have a rough night. Wow. Anyway, that's upsetting. Whew. So, was Laura Dern in this episode? Oh yeah, she was. She was just like a woman. She jousted like a woman, too. She did not joust. She did not, but she was... She was not the titular joust. Was she a drink wench? She she would get put in the stocks. Yeah, she was put in the stocks for humming an Elvis song, as she said. Which is upsetting. That's, That's not right. It's a renaissance fair. Have some fun with it. You're saying she getting stocked isn't right? Or she humming an Elvis song? I'm saying her getting stocked for humming an Elvis song seems a little much. But I'll be honest, and I don't think I've been to a ren fair, but if I did... Go on, plebeian. (laughs) What hath you say? I would, um like to see someone in stocks and I would like to throw a tomato at them if I had the opportunity. And I'd pay a couple bucks for it and maybe that gets at like the, you know, the animalistic nature of man. 
Sorry to rehash John Denver, but I just wanted to show you what I was referring to earlier. And I know it's a joke, but it's funny. Go ahead, read it for, for the, the people. For the at home, uh, let it be known that Max is not looking at this meme, so as to not give Nick any satisfaction. Let me read it for you. <laughs> it's a little speech bubble coming out of like a hole in a wall, and it says, People don't remember John Denver. He invented granola bars, tofu, and he planted 100,000 apple trees. He also traveled to China, opening it up to the world. And then there's a speech bubble from outside saying, people do remember John Denver. And then there's another speech bubble pointing back inside saying, no, they don't. And then under it, it says, and he's saying about it all, whatever. That's what I was thinking of Dash referring to. So John Denver had his own Chuck Norris meme. Yeah, Which I saw one of those. It was, all, it was all for good stuff. Yeah, I've heard about it too. I haven't seen a fresh Norris in, well, you know. in decades. Times are hard. I hated those. Times are hard for dreamers. I had some Were full... you an active memer in peak, peak Norris? I was... I wouldn't say active, but I was aware of it. I had a few folders in high school that had Chuck Norris on them, and they had, like, the jokes. Don't like, know. physical folders? Yes, they were physical, like, folding folders, and they had, like, Chuck Norris crossed a bridge once, it died, or, like, whatever the Is jokes were. Is that, like, a were. thing that was purchased? Like, I was given Chuck to... Norris folder covers. They were given to me by a friend. But yeah, they had purchased them at some point, I'd imagine. But yeah. Do you still have them? I might. They might be at my parents' house. If I have That's them, I will let you know. I will gift you one if they still exist. You can put all your important papers in there. I absolutely will. Alrighty, so uh, basically, Hank is trying to sell some <laughs> propane to a renaissance fair. He gets He goes super native. He's super into this renaissance fair thing. Can we share uh, our favorite sight gags? Oh, please. You first. <laughs> so, Hank tries driving in to the Renaissance Fair with his propane, and the guy's like, no, it's 1590. Like, every, there are none of these vehicles yet. So then he's coming in with, like, a horse and wagon, and it's filled <laughs> with straw. And the straw bed just has four uh, propane tanks just sticking out. And then a little later on... Um, Hank is walking in the procession of the king and he's wearing a yoke, which normally would be used to carry buckets of water, but in his case was carrying two full cans of propane. Canisters, whatever. And it was just great funny. I realized tanks. Big tanks funny. Tanks, that's it. The first time when we talked earlier, I had said canisters. I mean, and now this time around, given it's another chance. It's because you're a drug addict. Canisters. Doing whippets, oh, huh? Whippets. Oh, whippets! I did yeah. have a whippets chapter. <laughs> oh, you wanna you wanna I, tell I the won't people? Name too many names or places for for this. But uh, Robert De Niro, Miami Beach, nineteen eighty six. But there have been a couple a couple couch days, and you know what? Not the worst way to live. Good for you. Man, it's been a minute. Ah, oh, whippets. Oh, whippets. Uh, if you're quarantined now, now's the time. <laughs> Go. I mean, Look, no stores are gonna sell out of whipped cream cans. Go buy them. Suck all the gas out. Cause we're in it for a while. Dude, (laughs) whip it's wholesale. Just, ugh, just whip it's lying in bed. Look, once you once you just get real stir crazy, I'm serious. Look into it, guys. Canister and nitrous. Have some fun. If you're gonna get addicted to a weird Twins Peak drug, twin 
Twin Peaks. Twin whatever. Is it Twin a Peaks is it from the show. Twin I mean, I just know one one of associate one with the other. Okay, Tyler is at home losing his mind, screaming. He's the guy that did our art. He is coming on for our Twin Peaks episode because he loves it. There's a man in one of the episodes, or like one of the sequels or whatever, who has like They're a gas. Yeah. Ah man, I don't know. There's been movies too. Firewalk with me. Is that a movie or a show? I don't know. He's screaming. I I am so happy. Stab my fucking eyes out. Anyway, uh, yeah. But yeah, he's trying to sell propane. Peggy gets hired to try to sweeten the deal, and she needs something to do because they're trying to buy a second sink. Because apparently they don't have second sink money. It was about equality. It was. And uh, then she's all trying to fight it because they're trying to push her down because it's a renaissance fair. And, you know, women don't have great rights back then. Even though I've been to renaissance fairs and, you know, there's women with a good amount of power. Because, you know. Also, I guess I went, like, to a renaissance fair about a decade after this occurred. And I'm sure there were super sexist ones in, like, Texas. (laughs) So Nick is taking the not all ren fairs? I am. Not all ren fairs. I've been to ren fairs where there's, like... I believe it. I imagine there's a lot of good... Oh, I imagine there's a lot of kinky stuff. I mean... I bet, like, some... True. Oh, yeah. Furries. There's a lot of leather. Um, but yeah. Honestly, to be entirely honest, I feel like it's hard to run a Renaissance Fair and be as sexist as the guy was in the episode. Like, not that many people want to work at a Renaissance Fair, believe it or not, to live in a trailer for, like, a month and just wander around a wooded field and talk to a bunch of nerds. Like, you're going to have to take who you can get. And sometimes you might need to put a woman in a place where historically a man might have been, but it works out. If they're into it, they'll make a good show. Have you worked at a Renaissance Fair? I would like to. I have not. I went to... Listeners, Ren Fair purveyors. If you know, please tell us the truth. This guy can do it. What's, hey. what's your real? You got? You did the haunted house? I've been working, <laughs> been working in haunted houses in Pennsylvania for six years now. I've worked at the Crayola Experience in Easton, Pennsylvania as a cranologist. And uh, I'm generally a fun guy to be around. And I regret having never gotten to see Nick as a cranologist. I wish there were a video, but thankfully all of those tapes burned in the great fire of Easton. Oh well. We lost good men. So, in the end, Peggy... Well, Hank has... Hold on, wait, I'm stuffing <laughs> out all the wax. Yes, no. From the crayon. It does burn. In such a situation. Uh, the wax slide drowned 32 people. And we all stood outside arm in arm singing an old Irish song. Irish eyes. The crippled boy. The crippled boy. Ah, yes, the one crippled boy. Oh. Every town's got him. Tiny Tim. You know, he had a ukulele. (laughs) Ah, I'm just goofing. So, um, Peggy disrespects the king. The king says, I'm going to joust your husband, and if he loses, you'll both get fired, and you won't get the propane deal. And then Hank's... And there's an element of, like, and Hank gets cucked. No, there isn't. Yeah, and he's definitely, like, trying to be all Renaissance fairy towards Peggy, and she's like, listen here, buddy. If you ever want to get... get this... If you ever want to sleep with me again, you're going to play ball. And he's like, okay. This isn't really said, but it's definitely implied. And then uh, they joust. Hank loses immediately. He doesn't even get hit. He kind of just falls off the horse. And then Peggy jousts the king with one of the, like, woman work tools, like the carpet beater. And she wins. And a woman wins. And then all the ladies from the Renaissance Fair um, serve the king with a um, lawsuit about workers' rights. 
Yeah. And it's a good episode. I like it a lot. Hell yeah. It's good morals, and, good lessons. And Dern was in there. She was. And she definitely, she, like throughout the episode, she gets more and more screen time, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's in there. She's like the main backup dancer to Peggy. I'd say she's like the next most important woman in that episode. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely an episode that pretty much exclusively takes place at the Renaissance Fair. And as you point out there, this episode also lets us know to rank women in terms of importance. Yes, of course, as you should. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, is, do you think that's all we have to say about that one? I don't have to say anymore. Well, that's good. Well, you know what's up next? Between. Between two, two turns. Oh, we're doing great. Um... So, what's between your derns this week, Max? Um, I guess not to make it too topical. Oh, topical. let's do something topical, because if you are listening to this, you're in some sort of quarantine or strange situation um, regarding an unusual time, an unusual disaster that's happening now. Um, and I would like to plug one of my all-time favorite books that I'm holding here called A Paradise Built in Hell by Rebecca Solnit. Okay. And she, it's nonfiction, it's from 2009, and it's about the history of disasters and how uh, communities kind of adapt and recover and deal with disasters. And her finding is that, like, when she looks at, like, the Great Fire in San Francisco, she looks at Hurricane Katrina, she looks at the Halifax explosion, and in, so, in all these instances, people come together when the disaster like doesn't allow for the government or the normal way we do things to like to work so now we're in this weird time where it's like oh shit disasters are happening her her argument is that during that time people actually like the panicking the looting vision and fear is less reality and what is much more often the case is people coming together and building wonderful shit and that is true about this book Every time I think about what we're going through. So if you want a great, great book, A Paradise Built in Hell, Rebecca Solnit. Very nice. Scene. Scene. Inspired. How'd I do, teach? You did You did good, kid. You identified with your character. You You did it. Have you ever act? Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I've done Haunted Houses for several years, which is like big improv stuff. Oh, yeah. You like you... You pretty much, you have lines, but, like, you just need to be ready because, you know, believe it or not, some people are assholes. And assholes like to go to public places where they're confronted by actors, and they like to be rude and push them. Physically and with words. Now, Nick, we've mentioned some of your, you know, your interest in continuing to work in such a situation maybe a renaissance fair i feel like somehow there's a level of intensity there is towards the patron that i think they could relate to yeah i mean you know if you're working in a place like that you're gonna get people that are rude and they're just gonna try to get a rise out of you or try to impress their friends by pushing you and you know you just need to be able to react to it or ignore it and these uh, teens yeah teens teens um, nick no, it's usually... You're getting bullied by tweens. No, it's never the younger ones. I like the younger ones. Like, teens can be iffy. Um, I like kids a lot when they come through because, like, you know, usually I will... Some people will really try to scare them, which I don't like. 
I mean, I get the idea of scaring them, like, if you're doing a jump or whatever, but if you're, like, a storyteller, which is usually where I get stuck, because I can, I just can make up good stuff, I'll usually just try to, like, talk to them, be on their level, like, give them a little high five, stuff like that. Because, oh. you know, they appreciate that, and that'll teach them lessons later. Like, that'll help them realize it's not real, and that's just a thing that you need to know. It's like a thing you pick up the longer you're in it, that certain people need to know it's not real at certain points, and it helps. But yeah. Oh, that's super sweet. Thank you. I mean, like, what's between your derns? Between my derns. Well, I've been watching a lot of stuff this week because I've been pretty quarantined. Sure. Um, la- not last night. A few nights ago, I watched a great movie. It is a Hulu original. It came out around Halloween. It's called Little Monsters. It stars... Um, one second. It's a zombie film. It's a very good zombie film. It has... Sorry, I just don't want to get their name right. Um, you don't. Lupita Nyong'o? She was in... She was something. in Us. She won something. She was in Us. I think she was in something else and she won... Sorry if I mispronounced her name, but she plays like a kindergarten teacher. Um, Josh Gad is also in it. Love him. He plays like a kid's performer. And basically like... Oh, cool. It's this group of people, they go to a zoo, like a zoo fun land kind of thing in Australia, whole thing's in Australia, for like a field trip, and the zombies hit during this field trip, and it's like this like kind of scuzzy, like punk rock uncle trying to hook up with Miss Caroline, the teacher, who is Lupita, and Josh Gad like shows up, he's like filming there, and Josh Gad turns out to be a terrible man. He's like, oh, he locks himself he's in the gift, he locks himself in the gift store, and like up to this point, he's just been an incredibly like good children's performer, like happy, positive, no swearing, and um, Miss Caroline is like, let us in. He's like, oh, well, uh, you should have been here first, so uh, go fuck yourself. And it's just like, <laughs> he's just, and then like this whole they're there's fighting and bickering and like the scuzzy uncle becomes a really good guy by the end. And it's just, it's this whole growth and really nice story. And it's like, it's the best zombie movie, the best new zombie movie I've seen in quite a long time. All right. And it's a great, great thing to check out. Yes. Little monsters. Also, I have been watching the recent series on Hulu, high fidelity. Incredible. It has Zoe Kravitz, who is a beautiful woman. She is. We're going to get her with some Dern. Big little lie. True. And she comes from the loins of Lenny Kravitz, the incredibly large loins that have more than once bursted from their leather pants. It's happened. It has burst out. Just Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. So now, how does this, you said it's like based in the, is it the same or similar to the book slash movie? Which are both I have not read the book. It's been a very long time since I've seen the movie, but it's definitely the same stock. It's a little different because it's like more modern. It's like it's like more modern, more queer, um, more definitely more black. Like it just has a lot more representation. Um, Rob is obviously a woman. It's not just John Cusack. No, Jack Black. But it's really nice. The music is incredible. Um, The show's really good. The story, the kind of how they talk about love and like. The idea of not great love, because a lot of people have bad relationships, and that's not a thing that media really talks about. Usually it's like, even if they talk about bad ones, it's like comically bad ones, or like, they just talk about positive ones mostly. Right. Or I feel like, or the bad one is often like, staked on like, 
abusive boyfriend, right? It's just, like, archetype. Exactly. But this is, like, the whole idea is, like, she makes a lot of lists, like, in the original film, Mm -hmm. and, like, hers is, like, the top five biggest heartbreak list, and, like, it just talks about how, like, you know, you get your heart broken throughout your life, and, like, it's all different, and she's trying to, like, go back and figure out why, and she, like, meets a lot of new people, and, like, it's just, love is really complicated. That is the point of the, the whole thing. I haven't finished the series yet. Really excited to... And also, in this series, and recently a friend, before I started watching, a friend introduced me to an artist called Swamp Dog. Very Swamp good. Dog. He is 77 years old. He had a new single out last year. Very good. I think it was called, like, Peace, Love, and Autotune, the whole album. And then he released singles off of it. But very good, man. Very, like, just southern, like, deep, funky stuff. It's really good. Okay. Oh, it's called Love, Lost, and Autotune. It came out in 2018. But very good artist. Um, I would check out Sam Stone as like a good introduction. It's a very sad song about um, heroin addiction following the Vietnam War. Anyway, so there's a whole lot going on, but check out all that stuff. If you want to get through this, explore, find new content, pay local artists, subscribe to people online, do the good stuff. Does dog have one G or two? It is two Gs. Is it really? Yes, two Gs. So Snoop Dogg but Swamp? Yeah. But yeah, he's like an older, like, soul R&B country disco guy. Real All good. Right. Really like him. He's so you get a lot of the first three. Jerome showed me him before I heard about him on uh, High Fidelity, but yeah, very, very suggested. All right. So yeah, that's what's been between my derns. It's been a good week. All righty. Ready for... What are we? Oh, the second but second. equally sized dern. <laughs> this was in fact a bigger dern. This was a bigger dern. This you're was right. A bigger dern. We got dern was very much the guest star of this episode, um, and this was Patch Boomhauer. This was. This came out in two thousand three, November third, maybe. Yeah, it's close enough. Um, season 8, episode 1. So this was the season premiere. They opened on this, and I think it was a strong open. I'll say You know what this might have been paired up with? What? The Simpsons Halloween. That's true. Um, Treehouse of Horror. Horror. This might have been a little early, though. Or late, actually. They've always done them, haven't they? Well, I guess... No, they've always done them, but I was just trying to think. I guess if this would have been the air date, this is also when that episode would have aired. I just you you think about it's usually Halloween, but that wasn't always their air date because right. the way dates work. <laughs> yes, it could have been the one before this, but it probably wasn't a good one. November third, two thousand three. Which Treehouse of Horror? It was a Monday. I guess that was the air date for that stuff, right? Might have been. I feel like there was a lot of Sunday time. Yeah. Well, either way, it was either the second or third. Love the treehouses of horror, though. Yeah, good stuff. Um, this. So this is this is basically similar to the formula of the classic Full House episode with uh, Uncle Jesse's like smarmy, creepy um, Greek brother who hits on Rebecca. Nick knows what I'm talking sorry, about. Sorry, I was looking at the 2003 Treehouse of Horror. I, I just want to clarify, was that sorry for our listeners or for me? Um, for, for not listening to anything you've said, oh. my partner. Um, 
No, it came out that's, on. That's all I needed. Good. This came out on the Sunday, the day before this episode aired, and um, it had one of my favorite Treehouse of Horror bits, which is called Reaper Madness, and basically Homer becomes the Grim Reaper, a la like the Santa Claus, like. <laughs> It's not exactly that, but it's like that kind of thing where he like picks up the scythe and he just becomes him and he's death and like, it's just real funny. Anyway, sorry. So Patch Boomhauer, he's the young Tomcat brother of already notable Tomcat, regular Boomhauer. Right. Speaking of Have which. Have you seen, do you know the Full House episode I referenced and you didn't listen? Um, no, I didn't. Jesse's smarmy Greek brother. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure it's also John Stamos. I have. Like, ooh, is it though? I think. Oh, I I think it is too. I like. I I know what you're talking about. The imagery from it, it must be. And he like hits on Rebecca, and and she paid to get her kid into college. By the way, Boomhauer's full name is Jeffrey Dexter Jeff Boomhauer the third. Yeah, you didn't know that. I didn't. Shut up. <laughs> get out of town. They all heard it. They all got... You got me. You got me. Oh, wow. But yeah, so, uh... Patch is coming to town, he's getting hitched, and we find out that he is getting hitched to Boomhauer's old flame. Someone who appears in this series to have been, like, his only serious love. Because, yeah, you know, he's a... Very much the one that got away. Yeah, he's but... a playboy. He's always kind of been in the series. And this could have been his one. A lot hot tubs. A lot of speedos not. And he seems happy, but you know. And like jungle cat print. Yes. But he's he's a lonely man. He's yeah, like is that ever reflected in the series? Like Oh yeah. You know, that's like it a... comes up. Like there's another episode where he tries to propose to a woman Aww. who he's like infatuated with, but she's not super into him. She's actually more of a like a playboy than him, and it's kinda like a fun joke that like he kinda gets bested by his like I don't wanna say senior, but like his his Someone that's better than what he does. Something that's better than him at what he does. Okay. That was a lot. I'm sorry, but... I don't know what he meant. Like... <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it definitely is reflected that he is occasionally sad. Because he just kind of sleeps around and isn't committed. And that's what... I Like, I appreciate the reality in this show versus, like, on Family Guy... The character, what's his name again? Quagmire. Quagmire. He's like he's the same. He's the same archetype, but like he no remorse. Basically, he's just always like a comically oversexed, like crazy guy. With like an with like a a very similar job to Boomhauer's, as we find out at the end of the series. Because don't ask me how I know this. Um, he is a pilot, and then Boomhauer turns out to be like a state cop, like a detective. Which are like... Which are different I mean, they are comparably important, I would say. They are very, like, strict, like, you have to follow the rules kind of jobs. They're very, like, I don't know the right word, but... A pilot is much more important. And you could have a... A pilot can have a cocktail. A cop, on the other hand. No cocktails. Cops all drunk, Nick. Cops drink? Well, I'd never. Every last one of them. Let me put down my... Water and <laughs> um, so we get a lot of Dern in this, and I mentioned that to me she felt like uh, I said she looks like a princess. She and does. She started and she looked like a Cinderella blonde, like very sweet, like girl next door, but also like 
given more import. And they definitely gave her more, like, definition than in the first episode we watched. Yeah. Like, it just because she was more of an important character, so she just had more animation yeah. to her, which was nice. You can kind of see that she was, like, a beautiful woman. That was, like, the going idea for mm-hmm. it. And I do like that if... Um, and she seems like a genuinely good woman in the very limited, you know, exposure we get to this character, but that's how she's set up as. And I do like that... Uh, let me know if you agree with this, that the... The only character that it would even feel logical to be in a relationship with someone like that, or have this potential to marry someone like that, who also happens to look like a princess, you know, so she's like, also feels like a be Boomhauer. Like, that doesn't feel... He seems like a good dude, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, more King of the Hill than me. But I feel like in a lot of sitcom shows where it's like, some babe, and it can be fucking, ugh, I'm like, fucking boring-ass Kevin James. It's like, no, fuck you, fuck this bullshit. But Boomhauer, it's like, oh, yeah. No. Boomhauer and, like, a princess Dern. Like, it would make sense that that is how it would work out. Yeah. Like, I recently watched Lady and the Tramp. Okay. I love those old Disney movies. I love how they do them. I love the music, the just the look of how they do the credits up front and all, like, the typography they used and stuff like that and like you know tramp is kind of a tramp he's can i just interrupt to say that my yeah. mom at that moment when you said i love those old disney movies said they're not old 1953 is when that movie came out that's from like the no is it that old no yeah lady really the... lady and the tramp was one of the early ones all right my mom probably still said that lady and the tramp happy birthday lib was not the 1955, I'm sorry. Wow. But, you I know, I'd old. call that an old movie. That is old. I'm, young, I'm a young person, but that's, you know, over 50 years old. Sure. In fact, it is closer to 70, but, well, not quite, but 65. Anyway, like in that movie, Tramp is a tramp. He sleeps around and there's like a whole song about him being like, oh, he has so many girlfriends. But then he winds up married to Lady because he's a nice guy deep down just because he has like a... Player past. It's like, okay. it's that same kind of like he's a little scrappy, but you know, he's a good guy deep down. Mm-hmm. And Boomer was the same way. Granted, in more than one episode, he's shown like dodging an ex, but like, you know, who doesn't do that? Yeah. He also, he also dates people like the local male woman and like the local ice cream lady. So like, you know, that's kind of a problematic thing if you're a player, bachelor kind of guy. Oh, uh, like a small town? Yeah. So I'm you're going to like people you're going to have to see like that can be tricky. Right. I've been watching Broadchurch. Ooh. There's a lot of... Whew, that Broadchurch. Small town drama. One of them saucy shows. Everyone's got their secrets. <sighs> Alrighty. So, um... Yeah, so, like, Boomhauer's brother sucks. Yeah, he's a bad man. He's Ash like a... Boomhauer. I don't like him. He... You're not supposed to like him. He's the shitty dude who... Wants strippers plus a happy ending at his bachelor they're party. they're pretty much just prostitutes i think yeah they have two pimps two? three women no i think he was that one guy was just patch's friend so there was only one oh, really guy. yeah because he, he was, <laughs> he was the, like standing behind the pimp they, he was at the wedding then and i was like oh i think he's uh, just, that's just his friend and i love that they just don't explain it at all like there's just three people we've never seen like oh those are his friends i guess mm-hmm. cool yeah but yeah um but yeah, his brother is a real horn dog. He's like, I want to get in as much. I'm gonna say coochie, 
Not because I like that word, but because that's a word I feel he would use before. He would say cringy. He like he says like he was referring to like cheating on his wife with other women as fast food. Do you think he would describe sex as porkin? Ew. Yes. Stop. I'm I'm upset that you know him so well. Yeah, he would. Just trying to paint a picture for our own. Oh, you're painting something. Jackson Pollock over here. But yeah, he's a bad guy. He's just, he's not going to treat this lady right and you know it. He's going to cheat on her and break her heart probably. Semen joke? That's all I it got. was, yeah. Right. Of course it was. What else would it be a joke about? Well, he's Modern art? Colors and... People that died in car accidents? <laughs> Smokers? <laughs> um, but yeah. And then uh, Boomhauer uh, manages to break it up in a way. She thinks that he is trying to win her back by hiring strippers. Turns out Patch hired the strippers and, I quote, spent Thanksgiving with those hoes. <laughs> um, and then she's like, that's not better. Because she thinks it's a romantic gesture for Boom Howard to get the strippers to break them up. Right. But when he f- she finds out Patch does it, she's like, that's not better. And Which then, is somewhat toxic in its oh, own Oh, for right. sure. Patch is terrible. I no, mean, I meant even the Boom Howard. I mean, hiring strippers no, her thinking that is romantic is kind of not great, but... Yeah. Either way, it ends the marriage, which is good. And then she says, I'm going to leave town and clear my head for a while, and then we never see her again in the whole series. And I'm kind of bummed, because he deserves love. He deserves a stable marriage, at least for a little while. Well, maybe they get it after the series is over. Maybe. You know? Maybe not. I like to hope. I like to hope, too. Man. Well... That's King of the Hill for you. That is yeah, the Laura, it's a good show. The Laura Dern Cough Special. Cough, yeah, for those who don't recall, is the first King of the Hill. Oh, yes. Nick's a moderator of the King of the Hill subreddit. Oh, I am. <laughs> God, I <laughs> you, wish. You can find him on there. You, you, could, you could hit me up there if you want. Oh, you other cough balls. Uh, is, that, is that not what they refer to you as? It's actually coffees but you know <laughs> if you want to degrade us all right anything else you want to you want to chat about before we bring this one home uh, i'm slowly losing my mind because uh, of the global pandemic i forgot about that that's about it all right that's you i you know i'm hanging in there i think i'm trying to keep productive i fixed a shirt that's been hanging on my bedpost for four months so i know what'd you do it just needed a hole sewn did you have a sewing machine, or was it by hand? I did it by hand. It was a little hole. Like, the size of a quarter, maybe. But yeah, just trying Don't to... Don't sell yourself short. Nick is a very talented seamstress. I am. I have... You know that flag? That uh, Betsy Ross flag? That was me. <laughs> yeah, I'm immortal. I'm a vampire. And I, uh, I sewed that flag. It's a pretty good flag. It's, you know, from it's what a, I recall. It, it's only in the Smithsonian... Now, what is That's this? a different flag. Is it the first flag? Which one? The Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross is the first flag. The flag that's in the Smithsonian is the one that was hanging over the, f- the boat. It was the one that was hanging over the fort that uh, Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner about. Uh, that, so it's the circle. Yeah. The Star Spangled Banner. The circle. Yeah, and it's like the uh, it's real. Man, we fucked up those Frenchies. Yeah, uh... but it's real beaten up because a it was being flown during a war. And B, after it was taken down, a bunch of people cut pieces out. Cause oh, that'd be sick. That's it's what like they did. 
sometimes get the baseball cards and yeah. the packs would have the like one in two hundred chance of getting like a piece of the game worn jersey. So yeah, there's just like and there's like there's a, some little chunks and then there's like a whole star missing where somebody oh, yeah you gotta go big and I in all fairness I think it was like a widow who cut the star out to put on her husband's coffin but like still that's just thinking about it from like a museum like preservation standpoint I like cry sometimes ah, I love it that star that star uh, had its own life. I mean it's history and it's cool but like we don't get to we don't get to force the history we want it to uh, be it's not all straight lines here it's not all straight lines. Sometimes you got you got a hole, and you got a hole. You need a patch, just like Patrick Wilmot. Anyway, he sucked. He okay. did. He's a bad man. Well, next week, um, we might be releasing some riff track adjacent bonus material. Oh, tell them let them know they're getting a clip show. Pertaining to this episode, Pertra- <laughs> pertaining. Just sneak that shit on them. Whatever. But uh, that will only be. I remember. Oh man. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I remember when. Oh, what was the big story arc? Like, South Park season one. And it was, oh, who's, who's Cartman's dad? Yes. And it was the big story point. And I remember, like... Wasn't it a whole football team? I... <laughs> no. That was a joke, though. Like... That was a joke. Okay. Um, but I remember I was in fourth grade... And all I wanted to do was watch it. My mom, like, didn't like me watching South Park, and she did not like me staying up that late. That is fair. You're and a good mom. She, yep, she is. And I, like, begged. I was like, Mom, it's like the Cartman's dad episode. Like, this is super, imp- it's the episode. Just let me stay up this once. I begged her for days. She's like, okay, fine. You can stay up and watch this one episode. And it was like, a Terrence and Philip episode that they just like they're like <laughs> so they just fucked with the audience and did not reveal it for another week. Great. And I was crestfallen. You were mortified. Anyway, what are we watching? Alrighty, so if I get stuck in the Poconos for some reason, we will air a special bonus episode to this week. If I do not and manage to get my way back to Philadelphia by next Monday. We will be watching myself, um, Lonely Hearts, a 2006 film starring John Travolta, famous mm, mm. funny-faced Scientologist. Can't wait. Who we all know peaked in 2006. That is true. This is his best film I've heard. It is a neo-noir film, which sounds exhausting. Um, I don't really care. It's a movie. Um, and you're going to be watching a short for your little dern called Goose. animated short star laura dern laura dern is the only cast member i hope she it is six minutes long you're gonna have a great week and i'm gonna have to watch this nightmare from 2006 Uh. Ooh, the cast is so small three four five six seven oh oh jared leto was in this selma hayek Eh, she's okay. So, audience, um, go ahead and watch the six-minute short Goose. Yeah, no, Join you can. You one. can That'll watch. Be easy. We might even watch that live in the episode because it's six minutes long. Yeah, but if we did do that, it would be, of course, after I have already consumed it myself because of it was course. assigned to me, Nicholas. Of course, you would never do something like we that. We need structure. We have no structure. This world is falling to pieces. That's when we need it most. God bless us, everyone. Um, 
Max, you're the richest man I know. And then he cheers, and then they sing the song. But they cheers, they fake cheers from six feet away. May old acquaintance be forgotten, never run to mine. And Harry and Sally kiss, and they're in love. It's just a gift from an old friend. Alrighty, wash your hands, be safe. Please stay in as much as you can. If you're gonna go out, just be careful. Oh, <laughs>